If you need mustard for that corned beef you're making, get Colleen's Irish Mustard. Colleen's Irish Mustard unites mustard haters and mustard lovers from around the world. Currently, Colleen's Irish Mustard has three flavors in mild, regular, and spicy. For more information on Colleen's Irish Mustard, visit www.irishmustard.com. Welcome to this week's edition of the 100% Sports Podcast. Nathan, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Wow, that is a uh, solid answer there. How was your weekend for (laughs) Memorial Day weekend? It was a great weekend. Lovely weekend. Nice and warm. Sunny. Spent time at home here with the family. Getting a little sunburn because I burn. But it'll turn into tan eventually. I don't know what a sunburn feels like. Yeah, well, lucky you. It uh, it hurts like a word I don't want to say right now. I clearly don't know what that feels like, so. Try a rug burn times a thousand. Okay, well, I've never felt that before. Anyway, we're, we are releasing our May Madness Best Detroit Athlete of All Time bracket today. We'll get to that shortly. But in order to vote, on our bracket because we're including the audience because we're cool like that. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at the 100 at 100 sports podcast and on Facebook. Same username there. Speaking of Instagram, we met a other podcast from Australia, our friends from across across the Pacific. They're called the double shot connection podcast. A great podcast. If you just want to hear some honest conversation conversations they talk about what's on their mind, so give them a listen. They're great. But anyway, Nathan, you ready to release and unve- unveil this bracket? Let's do it. All right. We're going to get to Tournament Central in a bit. All right. We're here at Tournament Central for the Made Madness Best Detroit Athlete bracket. It's going to be the first bracket of the year with the word madness in it because March Madness was unfortunately canceled due to the pandemic. But we got you guys if you missed that. So, Nathan, you ready to release it? Let's get into it. All right. The one seed topping us off, Mr. Hockey, Gordy Howe. And then he'll be taking on in the 16 seed, as a playing game, this was decided by the audience on our Instagram story. It was between Matt Stafford and Grant Hill. Matt Stafford is now the 16th seed, so the matchup is Gordie Howe taking on Matt Stafford. Arguably the greatest hockey player of all time, deeming him the title Mr. Hockey, and rightfully so. He played with Detroit from 1946 all the way up until 71. He actually played hockey all the way until he was 51 years old, which is just crazy imagining that today. He scored over 800 goals in his career, racking up over 1,800 points as well. He was six times the most point scorer in the NHL. Also won the Stanley Cup four times with Detroit. 
and also led the Red Wings to first place for seven consecutive years, which has never happened again in the NHL. And the 16th seed, Matt Stafford, if if you've listened to the podcast before, we're both critical of Matt Stafford. He has a career record of 69-79-1. He's thrown 4,000 yards seven times, even hit 5,000 yards once. But the big one here, he's 0-3 in the playoffs, and his career versus winning teams is a record of 9-54. So that is your 1-16 matchup. Matt Stafford, not the best career stats. But anyway, moving on to the 8-9 matchup. At the 8 seed, terrible Ted Lindsay. At the 9 seed, former Syracuse Orangeman, former Detroit Mayor, former Detroit Piston, Dave Bing. Yeah, and a couple of players, I believe, here that are both underrated. Terrible Ted Lindsay. He doesn't get that name because he's terrible. Is it because he's a bad, he was a badass on the ice. Racking up over 300 goals, nearly 400 assists in his career, 11 times an all-star. And Dave Bing, who I think is one of the most underrated athletes of all time, he played before the Pistons when they only went to the playoffs three times with him. But he averaged over 22 points a game his whole career and a 44% field goal percentage. Seven-time All-Star, also won the Rookie of the Year in 67. Great underrated matchup, great overall matchup, the 8-9 seed. Yep, we do have some other Underrated players in this bracket as well. But as the favorable upset seeds, it's the 5-12 and 12 matchup. If you're a 5 seed, you're dreading this matchup. As the 5 seed, it's the point guard himself from Indiana, Isaiah Thomas. And he'll be taking on his fellow companion in the backcourt, Joe Dumars. Oh, yes. Great matchup here. Isaiah Thomas, obviously the leader of the Pistons to the 89 and 90 championships, the leader of the Bad Boys team, racked up 19.2 points per game, a career field goal percentage of 45%, shot 29% from behind the arc, and in the playoffs, he tremendously increased that percentage from beyond the arc to 35%, averaged 20 points a game too as well. He was in the All-Star game 12 times, won Rookie of the Year, Finals MVP, and a couple All-Star MVPs. He did it all. And then his fo- fellow teammate in the is Joe Dumars, 5'12". Great matchup here. Joe Dumars, over 16 points per game, 1,000 games in his career for the Pistons. Played a little longer than Isaiah did. Also in the playoffs, about the same amount of games played as Isaiah. 15 points a game, six times he was an All-Star. And he was also a Finals MVP. So a great matchup between two teammates in the 5 and 12 seed. Moving on to the 4 and 13 seed. As the 4 seed, arguably one of the greatest Tigers of all time. He even has his own corner at Comeric Park named after him, Al Kaline. And as the 13 seed, one, arguably another great underrated player from the Red Wings, Alex Delvecchio. Yes, and Al Kaline, arguably the greatest Tiger of all time. Mr. Consistent, 3,007 hits. If you hit 3,000 hits in your career in the MLB, that is saying something. Nearly 400 home runs, 1,500 ribbies, a career batting average of of 297, and also won the World Series in 1968, and he was a key member of that World Series team. He batted over 380, 
knocking in two homers, eight RBIs in that World Series, an 18-time All-Star, and 10 gold gloves. He was great defensively as well. And another underrated guy here, I believe, who was shadowed a lot by Gordy Howe, Alex Delvecchio, played 24 years with the Wings, over 1,500 games, 456 goals, 825 assists, three Stanley Cups, and not to mention 13 All-Star appearances as well. So, again, a great matchup in the 4-13. and 13. Moving on to 6-11. and 11. This is another sort of upset-type matchup, just be based off the numbers in the history of these matchups. The 6th seed, arguably another great def- one, arguably another defenseman in the NHL, Nick Lindstrom, and he'll be facing the 11th seed shortstop, Alan Trammell of the Detroit, Red- or Detroit Tigers. Yes, Nick Lindstrom, in my opinion, the best defenseman of all time. Mr. Perfect, as deemed that name. Barely got injured his whole career. Very consistent. Played over 1,500 games in his 20-year career. He's scored over 250 goals and 800 assists for a total points of 1,142, which is tremendous to be for a defenseman. He is 8th all-time in plus-minus percentage, 450 when he's on the ice, which just boggles my mind. 11-time All-Star, 7-time Norris Trophy winner, which goes to the best defensive player in the league. He won the Conn Smythe, the MVP, which is the MVP of the playoffs in 2002, and also led the team to four Stanley Cups as well. And then on the other side, we have Alan Trammell, great shortstop for the Tigers. Played in 2,200 games for them. Wasn't a big power hitter. Only hit 185 homers, but he did knock in 100 RBIs. 285 batting average. World Series MVP. And in that World Series, he hit 450, which is amazing. Four gold gloves and three silver sluggers. That is your matchup there. All right. The three seed. The captain. Steve Eiserman, who helped jumpstart that dynasty of the Red Wings. And then as the 14th seed, the first Russian of the Russian Five, Sergei Fedorov. Yes, and great matchup here. A lot of people argue Fedorov's numbers should be retired by the Red Wings, but we'll start off with the three seed and Stevie Y. Um, great players, old career. It obviously dealt with injuries later in it, but 1,500 games played between 83 and 06 for the Wings. Scored nearly 700 goals, 1,000 assists, and how about this in the playoffs? 196 games played, which is just amazing when you're talking about an NHL team. Won three Stanley Cups with the Wings. He was part of nine All-Star games. Won the Conn Smythe in 98. And he's 10th in goals, 9th in assists, and 7th in points all time, which is amazing. And then we go over to the... 14th seed and Sergei Fedorov, uh, 13 years with the Wings, 400 goals, 554 assists, three Stanley Cups. Again, he was key to the success of the Wings in the late 90s and early three, early 2000s. Six-time All-Stars and won the Self Trophy twice as well. So great matchup there in the three and 14 between two key teammates, part of the Red Wings dynasty. Now on to the 7-10 matchup. These are the most, actually not the most recent players, but as a 7 seed, Mr. Triple Crown winner, Miguel Cabrera. Only two active, only, he's one of two active players on this bracket. Shows how bad Detroit teams have been recently. 
but taking on then he'll be taking on Megatron Calvin Johnson. Yeah, and I think Cabrera gets a lot of heat now because of obviously dealing with injuries the last three or four years. He hasn't been as great. But when you look back overall, it's just astonishing. From 08 until the present, he's played 1,600 games, 340 home runs, 2,000 hits nearly, which he would hit this year. That's for the Tigers alone. A batting average over 300 to 315. And then obviously the big accolades. Yes, they did lose the World Series in 2012. But that year, he won the Triple Crown, the MVP, the MLB Player of the Year, the Hank Aaron Award. He also won all those except for the Triple Crown in 2013 as well. He was so tremendous in his prime for Detroit. And then you go over to the other, to the 10 seed with Calvin. Again, tremendous player. Played over 135 games with his career here. Racked up over 11,000 receiving yards, 552 touchdowns. In 2012, he almost had 2,000 yards that season. In the playoff, the two playoff games he played for Detroit, how about this? In 2011, 12 receptions for 211 yards. He was in the 2007 All-Rookie Team, and he was also in the NFL Top 100 between 2011 and 2015. So great matchups in the 7 and 10 with two recent and current Detroit players. Yes, Miguel Cabrera did help jumpstart that Tiger run for a decent amount of time and also could the Tigers at that time could also be described as one of the worst how do they not do it type of team now on to the last matchup we got the two seed Barry Sanders one of the best running backs in the history and he'll be taking on the 15 seed Jack Morris yes Barry Sanders one of the arguably I wouldn't even say arguably the best player in Detroit Lions history and possibly the best running back in NFL history. Played 150 games with the Lions, racking up over 99.8 yards per game, which is just insane when you're averaging 100 yards a game in your career. 99 touchdowns, and this is insane, 10 Pro Bowls. He won Rookie of the Year in 89, the ML, L, MLB, NFL MVP in 97. And, of course, he is part of the NFL All-Time 100 that they released last year. And then we go over to the 15th seed, Jack Morris, who was a key member of that 84 World Series winning team for the Tigers. Racked up an ERA of 3.73 in 430 games with the Tigers. Pitched over 3,000 innings, struck out 2,000. And how about this in the 84 World Series? He had two complete games where he only allowed four runs over 18 innings. He, of course, is in the Hall of Fame now, five-time All-Star. Without him, I don't think they would have won the 84 84 World Series. But again, another great matchup in the 2-15. and All right, we just released our May Madness bracket. Just for a recap, the one-seed Gordie Howe, 16-seed Matt Stafford, 8-seed Terrible Ted Lindsey, Nine seed Dave Bing, four the five seed Isaiah Thomas, twelve Joe Dumars, four Al Kaline, thirteen Alex Delvecchio, six seed Nick Lindstrom, eleven Alan Trammell, the three spot Steve Eiserman, the fourteen Sergey Fedorov, the seven seed Miguel Cabrera, the ten seed Megatron Kelvin Johnson, the two Barry Sanders, and the fifteen Jack Morris. So. With a bracket like this, we always get the snubs, players that should have 
made it in, and we had we had some considerations for it. Of course, we did have Grant Hill, who we had as had as a play-in game, and then we had some other sub uh, snubs. We had Chauncey Billups, you know, a big help in that. 04 championship team. We had Justin Verlander, who was a solid pitcher, ended up winning another ring elsewhere. We snubbed uh, Dennis Rodman, great defensive player, probably one of the greatest defensive players of all time in the in the NBA. Kirk Gibson. We got Whitaker there and Sawchuck. Nathan, what do you think of the snubs? Yeah, I'll start off with the Tigers here. Whitaker and Gibson, they're both tremendous players. Well, Whitaker obviously played longer. I, I just don't think he put up the numbers consistently enough as Alan Trammell did. Um, they were a great one-two punch, though, at shortstop and second base. No doubt a great player, but i would glad we have Trammell in over him. Uh, Kirk Gibson didn't exactly play long enough for the Tigers. Uh, I think it was only about five or six years. Um but overall, again, tremendous player, but he was more of a, a key piece, not necessarily eye-popping off the lineup when you look at it, but just a nice piece that fit well. And then obviously now to the present with Verlander, he, he was a major reason why to their success over the last 10 years. But, you know, obviously he, he choked in the World Series in 2012 and didn't end up winning it here, but obviously – went on to win it with the cheating Houston Astros. Yep. Um, um, as for basketball, uh, Grant Hill is a tough one. You, In my opinion, you could have put him or Matt Stafford in. It, they're both, when we were looking up their numbers, it was crazy how similar they were with playoff games and not really winning. I don't believe Grant Hill even won any playoff series. No, he didn't. But, uh, yeah, a great underrated player, obviously, when you're a great player for a bad team, you don't get recognized as much. Um, but no, those, those are my thoughts overall on, on some of the snubs. Yep, I think we got a pretty good bracket here. There's definitely a lot of players that weren't even snubs that didn't get up on this list. But it just shows only two of these players uh, are current players in for the Detroit teams. It just shows how bad the – Detroit franchises have been recently. Yeah, and obviously when you're doing the greatest of all time, you're not going to have a lot of current players. But the fact that yes, really there's only one, well, two current players, it does show a little bit. And you can even argue Stafford's not, you know, Stafford's a great quarterback, don't get me wrong, but he hasn't been able to take the next step for his team. Cabrera, is the, his prime's gone behind them. It's just about adjusting when you get older, to the new way of playing. Instead of power, it's more of contact. But hopefully in the next 10 years when we come back and do this again maybe, or probably 15, 20 years, there'll be a couple of new names to the list. Yeah, and a lot of those teams have a long ways to go. Maybe we bring in Mo Sider into the mix. I, <laughs> I'm not going there yet. Maybe Alexis... Lafreniere, I don't know how to say it if he's French-Canadian or not. We'll say Lafreniere. Maybe he'll be in it. You never know. A lot of Red Wings in here. Yeah, I mean, mean, they had the most success, and maybe we bring in, we do this again, we bring in Sekou Demboya. Maybe we bring in... Hey, youngest player in the association right now. We, We could bring, exactly, we could bring in Christian Wood. Next time, if he stays with the Pistons, you know, contract coming up. 
But of course, there there's some news with the Pistons right now is that they could potentially bring in a proper GM to help run this team to pair with their senior advisor. So that that's good news there. And for right now, we're going to move on to a break here. Remember to vote for our tournament. Got to go to our Instagram page and our Facebook, both at 100 Sports Podcast. Make sure to vote. The poll should be live maybe around tomorrow at noon. So be on the lookout for that. The poll is only up for 24 hours on our stories. So make sure to hit that up. We'll be back with some more Tournament Central next week on Tuesday. So pay attention to our pages, our social media pages. Get it going. Get the votes in. Every vote counts. This is not the presidential elections. (laughs) So get in your votes right when it pops up. And we'll we'll be back with Bracket and Tournament Central news next week. We're back with some more 100% Sports Podcasts. And recently, some sports, some professional sports, that is, have started play again. Uh, One American sport in NASCAR and one overseas in Germany with the Bundesliga that has been starting. This is now last weekend was the third weekend. Now we're on to match day four. But so, so there's been three match up, three match days for every single team. I know I'm ex- I know I was excited to see it go. Nathan, I know you were excited to see some yep. soccer. It's, de- it's definitely it's definitely different with, you know, not having any fans in the stands because soccer soccer with fans is it's it's amazing what they do with all the chants, the fire bombs that they have going. They have fire they sometimes have fireworks <laughs> going on. Yeah, the a- the atmosphere is what it- makes soccer amazing. But the German fans, they take it to another oh, yeah. level, man. U- Union Berlin, Hertha Berlin, they suspended. Didn't they have to suspend the game like 20, 20 seconds yeah, or something? No, or yeah, they were. Uh, because... I was watching that game. I think it was October or November because it was the first time they ever met in the Bundesliga. And uh, fans are starting to throw flares onto the field. And I saw some Roman candles going off, too. So, uh, yeah, they suspended the game for 20 minutes, but uh, they got back underway. <laughs> Yeah, but now, of course, there's no fans anymore. You don't see the yellow wall anymore with Dortmund. But anyway, th- there's some interesting stats to go with the Bundesliga the first three weekends. In the 27 games that have been played, there's been 93 combined goals. On average, that is 3.5 goals per 90. So, enough of saying, well, soccer, it's always one nothing, zero zero two one. It happens all the time. There's there's been football games that I've seen that the game has finished nine to six, Alabama, LSU, and Michigan Northwestern has finished ten to seven. I mean, come on. Baseball game baseball games can finish one to nothing too. So there's that. And you know, since there is a, a big thing in sports is home field advantage. Well, since there's no fans, that's not really a thing anymore. In ten in the twenty seven games played, there are ten of the Ten games have been won by the away team. Prior to the restart, back when there was fans in the Bundesliga, only two teams have won away from home. It, so it's that is huge. And of course, you know you had Dortmund versus Bayern Munich today, and Bayern ends up winning one nothing, and they were away. So that there's another away win right there. Points to come by when you're away from home are hard to come by. 
And another stat we have here, Dortmund versus Schalke. This was the first game in the restart. Had a .33 market rating. That's the best ever on Fox with ever with the Bundesliga. Nathan, give me your thoughts on that. Yeah, this and obviously stuff. we expected ratings to increase dramatically, and they certainly have. And, you know, it's crazy what home field advantage, how big of a difference it makes, especially in soccer. And as you just said, those stats, which which makes sense now. Teams really don't have a home field advantage because there are no fans uh, in the stands but, uh, cheering them on. But uh, I'm intrigued for sure. I'll be watching all the way through the end of June, rooting on Dortmund, even though they kind of took took a crap today uh, against Bayern, and it looks like Bayern's going to end up going on to win the league again. But, but uh, overall, definitely intrigued, and uh, I love love that we have live sports, even though if it's halfway across the world. Yeah, and I know I don't know about the table for a fact today. I think. Bayern may have had a four-point gap, but now with that win, that gap has been stretched to about seven points now. And if anyone watches soccer, seven points in a for a title race is very hard to overcome if you're trying to catch up with the team. So that that's got to be tough for Dortmund. That they needed a win today with Bayern, unable to do it. But there there's still some other teams still left in the title race. RB Leipzig still in there. Borussia, Machin Gladbach, Bayer, Leverkusen. So it, it's still a good title race. I mean, the greatest title race ever was Manchester City, Manchester United back in 2012 with Aguero. So th- there's no title race that will ever compare to that. So Yeah, and you hit the nail on the head there with seven points. That That is tough. It may not seem like a lot, but in soccer, that is tough. Because obviously you need a team to lose and you need to win to just gain three points on somebody. And obviously with the Bundesliga, I believe there's seven games remaining in the season or seven or six games remaining. And that that's tough, especially when you have a club like Bayern um, who gets on a roll. It's hard stopping them. But, uh, no, you pointed out the other teams that are in contention. I think the one team that's going to have the best shot is Leipzig. Um, obviously great young team led by Timo Werner. Uh, the American Tyler Adams also well on there. but uh, And the Hungarian goalie, got to point him out. But, uh, no, I think Leipzig's pretty much they have the best chance right now. Um, I don't see it happening, though. Seven points is a lot, like you said, and I think Bayern will go on to win the Bundesliga once again. There's other, there's other leagues across Europe that are in contention of restarting, you know, the Serie A in Italy, La Liga in Spain. I think probably the most unlikely one to return is probably the Premier League in England just because – I know, Nathan, you're upset because, you know, there's Liverpool and everything, and they were probably going to win the league, but they haven't won it yet. And they, with all, they keep getting coronavirus cases with their players, and I don't think the Premier League is going to restart. Yeah, I'm with you on it, reading stuff over the last week with, you know, more players, and now they're, they're looking for a mid-June return, and I don't see it. Because once you get into July, then it's like, that's the point where it's, too far you know you got to finish by end of june like germany is going to be doing but uh no i'm with you there i don't see the prem returning this season at all and i'm sorry for you liverpool supporters out there screwed uh, again somehow i don't know if this they always find a way to not win the title it 
Gerard slipping, on you know, Arsenal goes in Anfield. Arsenal goes in Liverpool, 1989's got to win by two goals, and they do just that. It's got to point that out there. But another sport that returned this weekend is NASCAR. Nathan, I know you, you watch NASCAR a lot. I started watching NASCAR a little bit. I used to watch it when I was younger, and I knew all the – I knew, I think, I Jeff Gordon was still going back then, Dale Earnhardt Jr. So I didn't know those guys retired back then or retired before then, so – it was a little shocking, but it was nice to see American sports, sports especially in America, returning. And I know, Nathan, you're a NASCAR type of guy. Let us know what you think. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm kind of interested in auto racing between IndyCar and NASCAR, you know. I'd, I'll watch a decent amount of races throughout the year, through the summer. But uh, one thing with NASCAR, though, their season's way too long. It goes into November. And I'm sorry, once football starts, I'm, I'm done with that. But, no, I... I I watched a good amount of races, and uh, the fact that they, they were able to get back on track, increase some TV ratings, get some fans more involved. I know everybody talks about, oh, it's boring, it's a car going around in circle. But when you learn and you sit there and watch, you, you focus on other things, It's to me it's exciting. And obviously they had the Coca-Cola 600 uh, the other night, the tradition on Memorial Day weekend. And the fact that they were able to get that off and going, even though they didn't have no fans, it was just great. And it's arguably the second biggest race of the year. And I hope a lot of people turned out and watched it because, you know, let's be honest, auto racing in America isn't as popular as, you know, your big four sports, even soccer. So I'm hoping more people get involved, get in tune. But uh, I don't I love watching a race in the middle of the week that normally wouldn't be there. And, you know, it's it's exciting. Yeah, I just hope other leagues start to return. I know hockey. I believe the G or the commissioner was supposed to come out with something in about a, about four thirty. So it's about yeah, hockey. Time from they're now. looking towards the twenty fourteen playoff. Um, I believe the first eight teams would get a bye. Then so it'd be like a best of five to start it all, and then normal. And they would do it. I believe from a couple of hub cities, similarly to how the NBA is going to be doing it in Disney World. Uh, just south of Orlando. So that's interesting. It does sound like the NHL and the NHLPA are getting to an agreement on that. So I think we will be seeing hockey shortly, albeit in the middle of summer, maybe not when people ideally want to see hockey, but hey, it's sports. And at this point, I'll take I'll take anything. I don't know if baseball is going to return the way everything's going and you might not see baseball, but you could see NHL and NBA. Yeah, and NBA. baseball is really starting to worry me with, uh, you know, the new agreement the owners want. And it's just dragging out so much because it all has to do with basically money. You know, they want a bigger cut than what the players want. And I, to be honest, I don't blame the players in this because they're already asking them to take a cut on top of the cut they took earlier. And I'm not about to go out and defend these billionaire owners over some millionaire players, you know, and I'm worried for it for the sake of baseball because, as again, we've talked about, not many people are interested anymore, and now's the time for them to have a spotlight, and I don't think it's going to get done, sadly. Who knows? Only time will tell. But we're going to move on to Would You Rather questions. We started this a few weeks ago. We got five questions of Would You Rather. All right, Nathan, here we go. 
By the way, Nathan is recording outside, so if you hear birds chirping, noises... It's actually quieter out here than in my house, believe it or not. I won't say anything else than that. Okay. Would you rather ensure overtime or risk losing and win in regulation? Repeat that again. I didn't catch the first part of the question. I apologize. Yep, and you saw oh, graduated. Oh, Would you? What, what, what is this kid doing right here? Come on, man. A uh, 3.9 relax. GPA. Yeah, that's right. Relax. <laughs> Take a joke, buddy. Would you rather ensure overtime or risk losing and win in regulation? Oof, that's a tough one. I'd, I'd rather risk losing and winning in our overtime. Wait. I don't understand the question. Well, Am I what? stupid? Would you would you rather would you so say, would you rather get to overtime 100% or risk go risk it all and try to win in regulation? Uh So I get to go to overtime 100% of the time. Or I could risk it all. Yes. Yeah. Well, I'd say well, see, with me being a hockey fan, I'd rather say overtime because in overtime, if you get to overtime, you get a point no matter what. And then if you win, you get two. So I would go with that on a hockey perspective because if you get to overtime, you're guaranteed a point. With basketball, I, I couldn't tell you. But for now, I would go with I'd rather stay in overtime for sure. Okay. Sorry, I'm That's slow. That's a while. I'm a little sunbathed here. I'm slow today for some reason. Would you rather retire as a forgotten coach with a winning record or a famous coach known to lose championships? Oh. See, that has to do with the mental aspect. I would say forgotten coach because I don't know if I could live with being the player or being the coach that brought my team to championships but could never win it. And living with that and hearing people harp on you all the time, well, he never got to the next step. So I would choose, I'd rather be forgotten, stay out of the spotlight. Okay. Would you rather be an average player with a good reputation or an elite player with rumors <laughs> of cheating? Again, it has to do with reputation because you see this with the Houston Astros. Elite players, Jose Altuve, Bregman, but now they're caught cheating. So they're they're going to be go ahead. But but hold on. This is this is rumors of cheating. This oh. is not confirmed cheating. Yeah, but still even with rumors, man, the media is going to harp on you like crazy and you'll always be held against that. Does this mean like similar to MLB and steroid use? How some are not confirmed but we kind of know? Yes. Yeah, I guess I'd rather be I wouldn't want to be the elite player because, again, I I wouldn't want to live with that harping on me. And every time I get asked a question, you know, it has to do with cheating or something. Or you could just be like Jordan and be like, yes, no, maybe, <laughs> or I don't know. All right, next question. Would you rather coach a college or professional team? I'd say professional. Um, I give college coaches a lot of credit because in college – it's not just coaching the game. You have to scout. You have to teach the game, whereas in the pros, you're not necessarily teaching it as much as you would in college. 
And to me, it's a lot harder and grueling job to be a head coach for college instead of professional sports. Okay. Last question. Would you rather have really cool uniforms with a rundown stadium or a state-of-the-art stadium? State-of-the-art stadium. ugly uniforms. I, you know, I'm a big uniform guy. I've always wanted the Tigers and Red Wings to wear some alternate uniforms or something, but I'd rather have the crappiest uniform similar to what Michigan State wore last year against Western Michigan and have a great stadium because, I don't know, I I just feel the stadium's more important than your uniform because you're technically living there in the the clubhouse with your fans and everything. I, I... I take the good stadium with the crappy unis. All right. We're going to move on to our famous fast five. Do you like the crowd noise that the Bundesliga oh, I is love using it. on the broadcast? To me, you can't even tell that there's no fans in the stands until the camera shows it. It's crazy how, how much it changes to whistling and booing to cheering that fast. I love it. Most interesting... Br- Bracket matchup. Most interesting bracket. bracket matchup. Well, let's see. I got to look here really quick. Um, obvious. Go ahead. I would go. Yeah, would go with that Isaiah one stands out to me for sure. But actually, I'm I'm gonna go with Cabrera and Kelvin. Um, you know, I Ooh, think good one. Both had tremendous impact on their team. Personally, Cabrera had more, in my opinion, but I. I feel like a lot of the fans out there may vote for Kelvin in a sense of not that they felt bad for him that he was on a bad team, but, you know, something that uh, I'm intrigued by that one. All right. Ideal getaway vacation vacation. Well, besides somewhere in Florida, let's just say for like a weekend getaway, I'd take a nice house by the water. Somewhere, you know, around here, we'll say like Lake St. Clair. I'm not a fan of inland lakes. I'd rather be out on the lake, got a boat with you, some barbecue. That's that's perfect for me for a nice weekend getaway for like Memorial Day or Fourth of July. Perfect. I would agree with Favorite that. Barbecue Favorite food. Well, barbecue actually, food. I made some this weekend. Yes, I'm shouting myself out. Barbecue, baby back. It's got to be baby back ribs on the grill. Perfect. Meats fall off the bone. Best ribs I ever made, by the way, this weekend. It was, but that that's just like a highlight of summer to me. In these weekends, nice slab of baby back ribs. Maybe even get some corn on the cob to grill up on the grill next to it. Oh, that's perfect. I would, if I have ribs, it's got to fall off the bone real easily. But I'm I'm a big simple man, simple man. I like type of guy too. So. All right, last question before we move before we go. Favorite movie Ooh, quote. Favorite movie quote. Well, there's a lot of quotes from a lot of movies. And people are probably not going to believe this, but one of my favorite movie quotes is from the movie Pulp Fiction, which Samuel L. Jackson and John Travolta. I couldn't tell you the quote because it's pretty long and it's when Samuel L. Jackson character reads a quote from the Bible and then shoots a guy in the face. So that that one sticks with me for sure. All right, if I had one, it's got to be Step Brothers when they're when John C. Riley and Will Ferrell are making bunk beds in their room, and 
So they finally complete the bunk beds, and they go, we can do so many activities, activities we can do, aerobics, dance steps, so many activities, and then they jump <laughs> on the bunk bed, and it crushes Will Ferrell. But it is. It's a great movie. You need to make sure to check nope, that out. Nope, that'll All be right. it for Anything this we week's go. edition. All right, just make sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, get your votes in. We're also on Twitter now at 100 Sports Podcast. Make sure to give us a follow on there. Till next time, see ya.